the Action Network Podcast. I'm just about that action, boss. Most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh my God, that's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? <laughs> and we are underway. What is up, everybody? This is the Week 3 Action Network podcast presented by FanDuel. Today, we've got our NFL player projections for week number three. I am your host, Chris Raybon, joined as always by my dude, Sean Kerner. Sean, how's, how's it going? How was your week two? <laughs> uh, it's good. Still uh, still recovering, not going to lie. Um, had an amazing week in fantasy, DFS, Christian Kirk, baby. Uh, yeah. Had him everywhere. So that was nice. Uh, but, you know, like after two weeks, uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, looking forward to week three. Enough about me, though. How about you? And congrats on not only an amazing week two, but an amazing week one and two. What a run you're on, buddy. Yeah, man. I don't know. I feel like it's ever since that day we uh, we hung out back in back when the NBA playoffs started. I feel like I've been on just like one. It's it's felt like one. (laughs) I thought that was a Gabe Davis shirt ripping and the marketing prop was just a, you know, one yeah, well, that that's true, but, but I feel like there was like a, I took a break in between <laughs> that though, but I don't know. It just feels, it feels good, but yeah, 23 yeah. and four since the, uh, since the season started. That, so. That's like almost impossible. It is. I, like, I, I said uh, that when I was going on the NBA heater, I was like, I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> so. Sure enough. And NFL, I, I mean, NBA is tough as well, but nothing's tougher than NFL. So congrats again on the blistering start. Let's keep it up though. Let's do it, man. And uh, on this episode, we're going to run through our, our top five at each position. Uh, we're going to discuss the players we're especially high and low on in our projections uh, that will have use for, obviously, player props, DFS, fantasy. And uh, we'll also throw out a player prop for each position. And uh, the other person will act as a book and we'll tally them up at the end of the year, see who uh, wins. I know you went 2-0 last week, so. You're- oh, that yeah. Like- <laughs> You're, you're 21 me and four against the books, but I think you're owned five against me. So that's all that matters. I, I took you for all your drinks. I'm sure you'll make it up somehow. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get let's get into quarterbacks, man. Uh, week three, who do you got in your top five? So I got Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, um, uh, and then Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and then a surprise in my top five is Kirk Cousins. Ooh, uh, he's essentially tied with Justin Herbert. Just due to the rib injury, Keenan Allen's, you know, iffy again this week. Um, I have Herbert just 0.1 less than Cousins. Uh, Cousins faces, um, you know, the Lions this week. They're going to look to bounce back. So as of now, I have Cousins in my top five. That is, uh, that's spicy. I mean, it's not like one of the sexy top five, like when you do receivers. <laughs> no, like, ah. But uh, <laughs> that's, uh, I have Cousins seven. Uh, I do have Allen Hurts, Jackson Mahomes. And then my fifth is Herbert as of now. I, I have him about uh, a half a point ahead of Kyler Murray, who's in six. So um, always going with those rushing quarterbacks uh, that they always tend to land in my top five, six. So I got some more that are that are gonna, I'm going to be high on as well. So let's get into it. Uh, who do you like? Who are you higher on the consensus, I should say? Uh, well, first off, I guess it's Kirk Cousins. I have QB5. <laughs> right. uh, he, his ECR is QB7, so I'm not that crazy. Um, But this is a good matchup. You know, um, I faded the Vikings last night. The Eagles minus two and a half uh, was an easy win. Um, 
I look for Justin Jefferson to bounce back this week. It was great to see Irv Smith um, called a role in this offense. He dropped a like what would have been a touchdown, right? So it could have been a bigger day for him. Good call on him. So I, I like her cousins here. I think he's going to bounce back. Um, but my top streaming option this week is Marcus Mariota. Ooh, he's yeah. my QB 14 right now. Um, his consensus is QB 18, it looks like. But, I mean, he's the QB 13 on the season. Uh, and he had a tough start to the season. You know, he faced the Saints, the Rams, and now this, this week he gets the Seahawks. Um, so this should be a great matchup for him. Uh, just love Drake London. I mean, the fact that he's hit already in the first two weeks is great to see. Kyle Pitts will get his at some point, hopefully, right? Uh, and Mariota has uh, C-Pat, who should be, uh, you know, a pretty good option against the Seahawks. They tend to be vulnerable to pass catching running backs. So this could be a great spot for Mariota. His rushing ability gives him QB1 upside. So he's my favorite string option this week. And uh, right, knocking on the door of a QB1 option this week for me. Yeah, I love Marcus Mariota this week. I have him QB 10. So whatever you have him, I'm going above. I, I got him in, yeah, spicy. I got him in the top 10. Again, you know, I think it, it has to do with this, uh, the rushing upside. And you look at this week and, you know, you're facing a, a, a defense in the Seahawks that it, it's not a great defense. You kind of know what they're going to do. They're going to sit back in a lot of zone. It's not going to be a tough defense for Mariota to beat. And, you know, I have him projected for 36 rushing yards in this matchup yeah. and, a, and about 0.3 touchdowns. So, uh, you know, that's really the key here. You know, getting a quarterback that can get, you know, over 30 yards on the ground, that's, you know, now you're getting into Kyler territory. <laughs> Kyler is right around 30 usually. So uh, love Mariota this week, my QB 10. And uh, Jalen Hurts, I should mention him. I mean, I, I love Jalen. He's kind of like right there with Josh Allen for me. Uh, you know, he's almost at yeah. QB1. So I think his rushing upside is just insane because the more uh, the more the sample grows with Jalen Hurts, the more rushing touchdowns he keeps getting. And he, I keep having to raise his rushing touchdown. So uh, I'm at I'm up to uh, about 0.75 rushing touchdowns for Jalen Hurts, <laughs> which is uh, insane. Like, yeah. you, like you could have bet at any time touchdown prop rushing for Jalen Hurts and uh, have a better than 50-50 shot in this oh, one. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, love, I was, love me some Hurts. I was saying he's the most likely QB other than Josh Allen to be the QB1 this year. Um, although Josh Allen looks unstoppable. Mm -hmm. they, the Bills kind of remind me of that undefeated season of the Patriots where they're up by 30 points. It doesn't matter. They're still going to air it out, you know, kind of thing. So uh, Jalen, how, how many points do you have Jalen Hurts below Josh Allen? That's a better question. That's what I'm getting at. Right now, I have about 0.3 separating them, but it really comes down to like, like before I updated my, uh, you know, the data that I use to project like the plays and the pace and that stuff. Hertz was yeah. actually my number one quarterback. Oh, and I then, <laughs> you know, so it's it's really that close. It's like if I just change the Eagles, like if I bump them down like a, a couple tenths of a, uh, if I bump the Bills down a couple tenths of a play or, you know, bump their pass percentage down or bump, you know, whatever, yeah. any little change hurts. Well, could be or, number one. Or you start projecting Josh Allen to only play three quarters. <laughs> nah, like, nah, nah. Like like we Tougher matchup. We might get to that <laughs> point eventually. But yeah, this week I'm not doing that, obviously. But yeah, I think Jalen Hurts, you know, I have him at 0.6 rushing touchdowns. Maybe that's why I have him a point and a half below Josh Allen. But the whole point is it's very close right now. Yeah, I have him 12 for 61 on the ground with 0.75 and then another 1.4. Uh, throwing with 236 yards on and 19 and a half completion. So 
uh, yeah, good, should be a good week for Hurts. Like this Washington defense uh, is not great. We kind of saw that against yeah. the Detroit Lions. Now Washington will be at home. It'll be outdoors, but not great home field advantage. And uh, this Eagles team doesn't like doesn't look like it's getting stopped right now. All right, uh, what about guys you're low on? I think uh, I think I know where you're going with this, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm low on Russell Wilson. Uh, I have him QB 17 now. Uh, the consensus yeah. is still stuck on you know his preseason rank of QB 8, QB 11. Um, but we have to downgrade him after the first two games, especially since you know uh, he faced the Seahawks, which he ended up having a big day throwing for 340, but struggled last week against the Texans. He has a non-existent you know rushing upside right now. He's totaled what five yards in the season. Um, just does not look good. Now Jerry Judy's hurt. We have to remember they're already without Tim Patrick. I think that was the first major blow to Wilson's stock was like, if, if they had Judy Sutton and Tim Patrick, I'd be all in on him, but uh, they're just not, he's not doing it right now. He's facing the Niners this week. So he's all the way down to QB 17 for me. And then um, on a similar note, you know, Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, he had his uh, week two bounce back game against the bears, which I think we all knew was going to happen, but uh, this week, he's all the way down to QB 19 for me. Uh, looks like his ECR is QB 12. Uh, but this, yeah, normally we, we would expect to see fireworks with Buccaneers versus Packers. The total right now is 41. I mean, both teams are dealing with wide receiver and offensive line issues. So this could be a defensive sort of run heavy game. So, uh, you know, Rodgers gets a big hit in my model. So, yeah, he's, you know, more of a mid-range QB 2 this week for me. It's so lucky you get to go before me because you just taking all my well, we guys. Could flip, like taking yeah. all my guys. Yeah, uh, we, we could we could flip. I don't have to. Nah, it's first. cool. Nah, we're gonna. <laughs> you're you're the you're the ranking king. Uh, you get first dibs on everything. I don't mind, but I I totally agree. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he's he's around QB 11, 12 in consensus. I have him QB twenty three, and <laughs> you know the but the reason is you yeah. you mentioned it. I use, you know, I project out the scores, you know, the, my lines are obviously going to be similar to Vegas's lines and the Packers in this game, I haven't projected for like 20 points. Now that's almost unheard of for the Packers. So his touchdown expectation, you know, from his baseline, which you would expect against like the league average, it goes way down in this matchup because you're facing this Bucks D on the road. And that's, I have generally had a good feel for like Aaron Rodgers just massacre spots. You know, the, <laughs> the Niners used to be able to get that four-man rush and the Bucks. Those teams, it's just really tough for them, especially without Devontae Adams because nobody's going to break open quickly. And so I think they're going to have to run the ball just to kind of stay in this game and give themselves a chance to win. And they, they have a chance to win, obviously, with yeah. the Bucks dealing with injuries on offense as well. But this is one of those matchups that you just do not want any part of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, the last... Uh, two meetings, he's gotten sacked nine times against Tampa Bay. And I think their defense is better uh, this time around than it's been in any of the other previous meetings uh, that he's faced them. So, uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers just not – like, he's like low-end QB2 for me this week. I have him for uh, 242 yards, 1.3 yeah. touchdowns, and, uh, and no yeah, that's about yards. it. Yeah, nothing – about five rushing yards, <laughs> but, yeah, nothing. Nothing yeah. to speak of. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I totally agree on, on Wilson as well. I, I don't know why he's still up at QB 10. I have him projected for 246 yards and 1.6 touchdowns with, like you said, nothing really on the ground, nine yards, 
point less than a tenth of a touchdown on the ground. So, uh, you know, it, this is a yeah, this is a tough matchup. It's still San Francisco. I know it's at home, but uh, you know, Denver they probably going to have to get to running the ball a little more. That's their strength of their team right now, especially if Judy's yeah. hurt because Judy is the one who got that long touchdown. Yep. For us. So. I, I love all the let Russ cook memes and gifts this week. The uh, Kendall Jenner flipping the uh, cucumber upside down <laughs> and cutting it all. All that's great. Fun stuff. Yeah. And uh, also like this line, the line completely flipped. I got this at two and a half for the Niners and it, the Niners are favored by like a point, point and a half. Oh, you got, you got the Niners plus two and a half. Yeah, like right when the line uh, dropped. Yeah. So it, did, it so it did open at Denver because I was um we were doing a piece on uh how the Niners power rating rating actually goes up just a little bit with Jimmy mm-hmm. G and her yep, center. Yep. And I was saying this should be, you know, Denver minus one and a half or something. It if I had known to open minus two and a half, I would have been all over that. So yeah, so the Niners are what, minus two right now? Yeah, they're they're fluctuating between like one and a half and, and one, actually, I think. But uh yeah, it, it got yeah. hit really hard, which you know that I mean. That, that's just not great for the Denver scoring expectation. Uh, right. Although the total did go up a little, but yeah, outside of my top 12 this week, let's jump to uh, the prop. All right. And uh, that's you. That's you I, I got a good week. one for you. We're going with two uh, passing yards Ooh. this week after his 469 yard outburst. Um, now he faces the Bills. So it's going to be a shootout, tough defense, though. I don't know where the hell to set this. So I'm going to just throw this number out there. Um, but I'm going to go with 257 and a half. <laughs> I got it at 258. <laughs> oh, oh I, didn't even, I didn't even cheat and look at the sheet. Oh, I wanted to be man. way off here. Yeah. Either direction, just because how do you set this line right now? But okay. I, that makes me feel better. Um, I, wait, do, do I want to take this over? Yeah. I'll, you know what? I'll take the over because I, I think, uh, you know, it's one of those situations where they're probably going to have to throw to, to be in this game. Yeah. It's a high total. But, yeah, I don't think you're expecting another 400. This Bills team can get a lot of pressure. Uh, so, yeah, I have them 258, 1.8 touchdowns, 0.9 interceptions, and about five rushing yards. So I would not be surprised if Tua ends up throwing yeah. for 258 <laughs> yards this week. <laughs> All right, let's jump to running back. Who you got? Top five. I got Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, and Austin Eckler at five, which I do not love, but right now he is in my top five. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. He's kind of, Did you hear on the Chargers game how they – I believe it was – I think it was either Al Michaels or Herbstra. I forget who said it, but they were like Eckler – no, I think it was a sideline reporter. It was like mm. Eckler kind of asked for a reduction in workload this year. Like he, he asked for it. So that is, that's why they've been mixing in. Cause I remember you texted me like, Oh my God, wasting carries on Tony Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I always say they try to cap, they try to cap Eckler's carries at like 12 yeah. to 13 a game. It, it was his, um, I mean, it's just receiving usage in week one was kind of fishy. It was last year though, too. So that's interesting that he was asking for that. He's such a fancy football diehard. He could have let us all know that before the season started. Right. Yeah, I feel like he just felt like he could, and I mean, he can, he, he can be very efficient, so he, he probably wasn't worried about it, uh, but I mean, home favorite against the Jags with your quarterback a little bit banged up, maybe, uh, good spot for Eckler, so uh, I don't mind that. I actually have him RB7, there is a guy I have uh, six that I'll talk about in a second, but <laughs> my top five is Jonathan Taylor, McCaffrey number two, so restoring some order, 
uh, to this. <laughs> Barkley number three, Dalvin Cook. Oh my God, what a what a disappointment. Still got him number four, and Joe Mixon, uh, ditto, but uh, got him number five against the Jets. Yeah, love love Mixon there. If anything, like Mixon will probably replace Eckler by the end of the week for me. Just what what is there not to like with Mixon's usage so far? I mean, the usage fine, but like, come on, bro, like. You gotta get hit four yards to carry. <laughs> and uh, actually, re- rehaving this issue, I'm not gonna lie. I was fiddling with some things, and Jonathan Taylor uh, fell out of my top one spot <laughs> briefly. Um, Chris McCaffrey was there at one point. Barkley was there at one point. But uh, talk about restoring order. Jonathan Taylor ended up as my RB one. But it just goes to show that um, he is prone right now, especially facing the Chiefs and uh, what could be a trailing game script. Um, especially after last week, you know, Taylor isn't as much of a slam dunk this week. So I think the top four is going to be interesting this week. Yeah. What do you, I have him at 92 rushing and 24 receiving. What do you, what do you got on? Uh, 94 and 21. Okay. So we're right there. Yep. All right. Uh, who are you high on? Uh, so I'm high on, I always love doing this. You hate going there, but I'm high on Jeff Wilson. I think we finally have <laughs> some clarity <laughs> and the 49ers backfield. Um, Ty Davis Price, it looked like he was going to be in an even timeshare with uh, Wilson, but unfortunately, it looks like he suffered a high ankle sprain, so he's going to be out at least the next few weeks. Um, Shannon doesn't seem to trust rookie Jordan Mason at all. He has yet to see a touch despite all the injuries. Um, so we could see Marlon Mack, yay, uh, called up and yeah. see, see some touches. This week. No. Yeah, I don't know how many, but uh, I, I think Jeff Wilson is now like more of a mid-range um rb2 despite the tougher matchup against the broncos i think it helps with jimmy g under center um just less competition for goal line carries without trey lance um but yeah i like jeff wilson now now there's a little bit more a lot more clarity on the backfield right now uh thank god they don't still have uh trey sermon uh and then i'm high on a guy who was high on week one uh trust me i do not want to be high on this guy i wish Brees hall was the workhorse back in this offense. However, we cannot deny the fact that Michael Carter is still the lead back for the Jets. I like for Michael now. Carter. I don't think you got to apologize for that. I, I, hate, like it. I hate it that He's... the Jets drafted Brees Hall because I do like Michael Carter. It kind yeah. of reminded me of ETN and James Robinson. More on that later. But, um, <laughs> you know, Carter, he, and I thought I asked nicely to just get rid of Ty Johnson. I don't want to have to project him anymore. But sure enough, he factored again on, uh, you know, passing downs last week that ate into Brees Hall's. Uh, usage of it but Carter was unaffected uh his routes run rate jumped over 50 percent so he's clearly still you know the pass catching back in this offense which this week against the Bengals is a good thing that's you know the most valuable um asset in the backfield right now is whoever is catching passes from check down Joe Flacco throwing the ball 50 times a game so I have Michael Carter's RB 29 right now the ECR is still way too low on him he's RB 39 so I think he's a sneaky you know, high-end RB3 flex kind of play, especially in PPR formats. Yeah, I, I like Carter. He looks good out there, you know, watching yeah. him play. Um, the Jets, got they got something out with that offense. I mean, it's not yeah. it's not what you expected, <laughs> but they got enough pieces, and, and they did upgrade those skill positions. So even with the O-line not in a great spot, uh, you know, they, they have enough skill players to, to make it happen, and Carter's a, a big part of that. 
Yep, and Joe Flacco seems to be a lock for 307 yards every week. Apparently. But back-to-back weeks, 307 on the dot. Maybe we should make a side bet. I'll give you yeah. 50 to 1 or something on 307. Exactly. I feel week, like that's not a good – those aren't good <laughs> odds, but it, it would be fun. But he's uh, slinging it around, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> I am high on Leonard Fournette this week. Uh, you know, like it. I think – I mean, look at the – look what's going on with the Bucks. They have a, a marquee matchup at home – as a favorite with no receivers. So mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen? You're going to feed Lenny, who is, you know, fresh off not getting suspended for his part in the altercation last week. <laughs> but they're feeding him. I mean, he's already up to 45 carries already on the year. So he's averaging 22 and a half per game. I only got him about 17 carries for this one. Uh, but I do have him for over 20 touches. I have him 70 Rushing, 30 receiving, so I've got right around 100 scrimmage yards for Fournette. And this one, he's my RB6. And Green Bay, I, you know, I thought this defense was going to be improved against the run, but David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert ran over them on, on hmm. a Sunday night, and they're already 30th in run defense DVOA. So it looks like more of the same. And, I mean, the Bucs don't really have a choice. And the, and the Packers are also, you know, bottom 10 against uh, running backs in the pass game in DVOA. So – I think this is going to be one where he's either going to get it put in his belly or he's going to catch the ball. But either one way or another, yeah, I think can, he's going to get a lot of touches. Can we get him some receptions? Uh, that, that's been the only like underwhelming thing uh, besides the lack of touchdowns is only two catches uh, in each yeah. of the first two games. His underlying usage has been phenomenal, though. So, yeah, like like you said, love him this weekend. You're projecting him closer to four receptions? Yep, got him four cool. on the dot. Uh, yeah, because yeah. he's run a route on – over 70% of the dropbacks, which is like a wee RB1, yeah. like Christian McCaffrey level usage. So uh, the, the, the catches will come. Uh, <laughs> I also like David Montgomery, speaking of which, uh, he is the consensus RB15. He's actually in my top 10 this week. What? And yeah. David wow. Montgomery, home favorite against the Houston Texans. Thank you very much. I'll take it. You know, David, <laughs> yeah, David Montgomery getting about uh, three-fourths of the carries in the backfield, running a route on over 60% of the dropback. So another guy with great underlying usage in a game where what, – what do you think the Bears are going to do? They just threw 11 times against Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, what do you think they're going to do as a home favorite against the Houston Texans? With a, I think the total is yeah. like just hit 40. I still think Montgomery is the guy that we – he looks really good uh last week so he's you know there was some concern i think you know new coaching staff you know maybe they give herbert more run but it's gonna it's like a one-two punch but montgomery's still clearly that the lead back there so i have him projected uh close to 100 scrimmage yards as well what were the odds of uh reggie gilliam having more receptions than cole (laughs) Komet after two weeks reggie gilliam alec ingold i mean every every fullback yeah Uh, yeah that's bizarre and that's that's the only value he's going to provide is receptions and yards and he can't even do that Who, who do you down on at running back this week who am I down on? Oh man, I hate to say it, but AJ Dillon, uh, he's my RB26 right now compared Whoa. to RB16. Oh, I know. I got to see. What do you got for him? What yeah. are your projections? Uh, I got him RB see. like nine, uh, 21, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. See, you're, I mean, you're lower. 26. Than oh, no, no, too. I'm 19. I'm 19. That's actually high. Yeah, uh, I just have him, you know, less volume. So, you know, 13 carries for 53 yards, two catches same. for 17 yards, way, way lower touchdown odds. With the did you find something wrong with yours or well no you you have them um, you said two catches like on the dot 
2.2. Sorry, I'm rounding down. Oh, so I have them with a, a whole extra catch. I have them at 2.7. Oh, okay. They, they put them on the field a lot together last week. Um, yeah. So, like, so let's see. So, yeah, so Jones ran around uh, 62% of the time, and then Dylan ran around 52%, which means they had an average of like 1.15 running back routes per drop. Yeah, no, it's been surprising to see that. I think week one, he, he was just seeing a really high – percentage of targets on running downs like it was like first and ten like Mm -hmm. you know things like that so I thought that his target share would go down but it's been a pleasant surprise to see that nonetheless either way I just think this is a Aaron Jones spot very you know low total 41 like I said uh so Dylan you know he's gonna bank on uh his touchdown projection so he's just a lot lower and um you know it is Tuesday morning so things will change but as of now I have Dylan pretty low compared to consensus uh, but yeah, maybe maybe my receiving projection will go up and my, he might end up being closer to like RB22 or RB24. Either way, I am down on him this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, James Robinson, it's really tough because uh, it, it's been surprising to see him just absolutely dominate the Jags backfield coming off his Achilles tear. Um, I think he certainly benefited from the game script last week. You know, they went 24-0. I think anytime the Jaguars are going to be playing with the lead, that's going to be a James Robinson game script. But, you know, this week um, against the Chargers, yeah, it is going to be a negative game script, ideally. So I think this could be a spot where we're going to see Travis Etienne uh, get a spike in usage. So I'm just a little bit lower on James Robinson uh, at RB28 compared to RB22. And last but not least, Rashad Penny. Uh, just because uh, Kenneth Walker came back, he ate into his usage quite a bit. You know, uh, Penny had a six to four edge when it comes to rush attempts. But Travis Homer, like I said, he's going to be a task. Your boy. Uh, it's just obviously the receiving back. So it's it's really tough to project Penny or Walker for too much as long as Travis Homer is there eating up the receiving work. So uh, down on Penny this week. Uh, he's uh, RB 33 for me. Um, and consensus still has him RB 27. One thing I will say for Robinson that's a positive is he is averaging 3.4 yards per mm-hmm. attempt after contact. And that's always what you want to see, especially yeah. from a, a guy coming back from an injury. You know, like um, that's like like the, the yards before contact, that's going to really depend on the offensive line. But uh, it's good to see Robinson, you know, in the, you know, one of the top backs in the league in, in yards after contact. So. Um, that's why I'm pretty, I, I'm right on consensus. I have him at RB 18. I think that's where he's at. All right. Uh, for me, it's Damian Harris. He's mm. RB 26 consensus. I have him RB 37. Now I am, I don't know what happened with the injury. Like he said, he's good. That mm. didn't look good, but either way, he got outsnapped by Ramondre Stevenson, 42, 27. And, you know, they had a debacle in week one <laughs> and then they, yeah. they look like they made a few changes on the offense. So And also, we got to remember Ty Montgomery is out. So Stevenson's going to be more of the pass catcher. And he ran a route on 61% of the dropbacks last week compared to 24% for Harris. So Harris really never gets higher than like 30%. And so I think, you know, we're all playing PPRs one form or another, whether it's half or full at this point. So I just think right now, Stevenson, like they're neck and neck at worst. Like if I don't dock Harris at all for an injury, and just give him like 100%. Uh, he still comes out RB31 to Stevenson's 32. So they're essentially even. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at least five, if not 10 spots down uh, on Damian Harris. I think you're going to see Stevenson uh, kind of gradually. And you called this earlier too, earlier uh, in the offseason that Stevenson 
could probably gradually take over uh, some of the carries, just like Harris did for Sony Michelle. So yeah, I th- I'm gonna get ahead of that and uh, fade me some Harris. Like like him as a player, but I just you know I want I want guys to catch the ball. Let's go with a prop, and you know what I gotta do? Gotta go to Cam Akers. You know I faded uh, I faded Henderson on the carries last week. McVeigh was like, hey, I liked Akers. We could practice, but now. Now we're back to like, we, we don't know what's going to happen this week. Cam Akers really didn't do anything last week. He went 15 for 44. So we're going to set his rushing yard line at 38 and a half. You have to be kidding me. Not only is this just a tough prop, but I have it at 39 right now. Oh, me too. Um, yeah. That's why I said it at 38 and a half. I'll go under. Just because it's so in these situations, yeah. I like I like to lean under. But yeah, you did call it last week. I don't know how, um, but <laughs> uh, but Acres Acres what he averaged what two point yeah a car- like he's, he's averaging two point four since the Achilles yeah. like ninety so, carries. So yeah. he got his you know audition to be out of the doghouse last week, but he's gonna go right back in it. So I'm going with under. Yeah, I did not expect myself <laughs> to be on a, a Daryl Henderson under after everything that transpired yeah. that week. Like it was just like one of those things where. Like I, I like to, you know, I'm doing my prop research and I'm just like always try to just take in as many beat reports as I can for that kind of stuff. And I just like, wait a minute, like John McVay said he likes acres and they're going to split work. Nobody's talking about this. <laughs> and I just like yeah. immediately went to like Henderson's prop carry prop and it was 14 and a half. I was like, that's a lot of carries. Yeah. You didn't even get over that with acres not playing the week before. True. So. All right, let's jump to wide receiver. Who you got in your top five? I got Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs. Welcome yep. to the top three. Devontae Adams, Jamar Chase. Same exact uh, top five for me. Same order and everything. So uh, <laughs> Same order we've had, uh, you know, yeah. on or off the past, you know, 17 straight weeks, I would say. But Diggs, man. Whew. A monster. I mean, <laughs> I, I remember saying in the offseason, I think we were talking to Ratcliffe. It was like, you know, this dude led the league in catches and yards two years ago. And then he kind of forgot, not forgot about him, but just a little quieter last year. But yeah. he still has that upside and it's looking – Oh, it's yeah. looking like he's back on of that course, He needed there. our boy Gabe Davis to be out, but uh, either way, like how do they just go away from him at all? But yeah, it's good reminder. Like this is a good year to draft a wide receiver early in those first couple rounds. That's for sure. Who are you high on a wide receiver? Uh, I'm high on CD Lamb. I was a bit low on him last week, but he's wide receiver 16 right now. Uh, should still see plenty of targets with Cooper Rush. Uh, had 11 last week, put up a seven catch for 75 yards game. So he's a mid-range wide receiver too. Um, his upside's capped because I don't think the touchdowns are going to be there until Dak is back, um, but he should, you know, return to wide receiver one status once he returns. So I would try to buy low if he can right now. Um, I liked what I saw at Amari Cooper in week two. He struggled week one, but, um, you know, he could just be a target monster in this offense. They don't really have many other weapons. So um, he's wide receiver 26 for me right now. Uh, I view him more of a high-end wide receiver three. Uh, and then Sterling Shepard. I mean, projecting the Giants wide receivers right now has to be the biggest headache. Uh, the only guy we can trust right now is Sterling Shepard. So he's benefiting from both Wandale Robinson and Kadarius Tony dealing with injury. So uh, I'm a wide receiver 40 right now, and he's even higher in PPR format. So I'm, you know, continuing with the Sterling Shepard uh, train while we can. He did run, yeah, he ran around on like 90% of the drop back. I don't trust Dable. Like I, I, this is like the Shanahan backfield. <laughs> but I'm saying Shepard's the only guy that he's like the Debo guy. Like he's not going to mess hope. with that. We hope. But, I mean, you could understand why Galladay uh, was phased out, but yeah, what a what a complete shit show. I am high on guess who? Amon Ra. 
Saint Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. I said it two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, and, and nobody was high enough on this guy. <laughs> yeah, luckily, he's, he's my wide receiver seven. He's still wide receiver nine. So I'm, I'm going right back to it. <laughs> this guy catches eight balls a game and a touchdown. Yeah. Book it every game. That's what yeah. he's doing. That that's what it's been since uh, what November of 2021. Just every week, week in and week out. Uh, he's a sick route runner. He. Uh, you know, he, he has a nose for the end zone. He can run the, with the football. We saw him go for 58 yards on a very well-schemed uh, carry last week. But they're, they're giving him like about half a carry a game since that, like, stretch. So that's always a help for wide receivers because, you know, you can always – that gives you a chance to get in the end zone, uh, not just catching the football. So that's big. And then you're in the game with uh, – I believe it's the highest total on the board in Vikings and – Lions, Vikings, probably going to play a lot of zone. Don't really expect them to play a ton of man coverage. You know, they're kind of right around league average in, in man coverage rate. So uh, always like St. Brown in these kind of spots. Yeah, if Minnesota bounces back after that ugly game against the Eagles and the Lions are in a comeback script, even better. But, I mean, this dude can ball either way. So uh, love me some ASB this week. We got to stop. We got to stop <laughs> fading this guy like oh yeah no i i so i was splitting hairs heading into the season i had like four or five <laughs> i caught you out on it you were like yeah, you're like but I, I, I told you I, man I, I always pivot based on new information so like last week heading into last week i was super i used my wide receiver nine i think ecr is like 12 or 13 right now he's wide receiver seven so yep. after week one after that usage been super high on him. um and i think it was ever i need to go back and look but ever since dan campbell has been calling plays the running back usage in the playing the, the passing game has dropped significantly. So Swift isn't eating into those targets. So it's just been more targets for Amon Ra on in those underneath routes. Um, so I after reading that and seeing that trend, uh, I boosted him up significantly. Like you said, he's a red zone weapon now. So he's you know he's scoring touchdowns along with his eight catches and 120 yards. So yeah, he's absolutely a wide receiver one now. Willing to admit that. Yeah, I mean it's. Like my, my thing is always, I'm always looking at the targets per route runs. Cause it's like, everyone's like, okay, he balled out when, when Hawkinson was out, when Swift was mostly out, but you look at the targets per route and he's still beating those guys. So like when they're all healthy, who do you expect to lead the team in targets? It's, it's uh, yep. ASB. Uh, I also, you got to get ahead of this. Cause I, I got his reception over. I should have just took all of his overs last week. <laughs> Garrett Wilson. Oh I have, yeah, yeah. I, I have him wide receiver twenty nine. Week uh, I might be a little higher. Oh, that is that is a legit ranking. There is no arguing that now. Yeah. Okay. Because he's wide receiver forty one consensus. But yeah. I mean, what else do you want from the guy? <laughs> he he's he, he has he's averaging a, a target thirty one percent of routes. That is elite. I know it's only two games, but they're running a lot of routes. We got a big sample size because the Jets have had to throw quite a lot. Uh, in these first two weeks, but yep. more importantly, his route participation went from 56% in week one to 75% in week two. So uh, now he's only behind Elijah Moore in terms of routes run. He He's pulled even with Corey Davis. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that goes up again, because he's been the best receiver on the field for them. He leads them in, in targets by a landslide and he would be leading them in yards too, if Davis hadn't got that busted coverage. So he's six mm -hmm. yards behind Davis. And by the way, he leads the NFL in red zone targets. So, uh, yeah, like me some Garrett Wilson. I think he's already he's already here. He, he's sh he oh, showed yeah. up. He's been here. But in, in our uh, waiver piece, I said, you know, I was waiting for him to pass up Braxton Berrios 
Right. Which finally happened, thank God, in week two. But he is pushing Elijah Moore's role as yeah. wide receiver one in this offense immediately. So, yeah, he's way up there. He's definitely in the wide receiver three discussion. So I don't think your wide receiver 29 rank is crazy at all. Yeah, I have him ahead of Moore. Um, it's yeah, no, I don't think that's – I mean, I'm still Elijah Moore, Stan, so I have him a little yeah. bit ahead of him. But I, I can't argue with that right now. They're They're like 1A and 1B right now. Yeah, I mean, it's again, it's like that those targets per route run, it just stabilizes. Like, it's one of the most stickiest, um, you know, metrics. So it's like, Wilson, they've been running routes together. Moore's yeah. been on the field almost every snap. And so Moore's been on the field, what, I think 92% of the time. And yep. yet Wilson leads the team and like, he was at like eight more targets than Moore. Like, that's that's significant. Are we um are we gonna downgrade anybody once Zach Olson comes back? Do we want Flacco yeah. to stay there? Like what? Like... Yes, we absolutely do want Flacco. To stay. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Okay, good. I'm not crazy. Uh, but yeah, and I have more at 33, <laughs> so I'm not I'm not too far down. Yeah. Him, but uh, yeah, I have Wilson for four catches, uh, just over 50 yards. Uh, all right, who else do I like? Oh, Drake London. Got to mention him. Oh yeah. <sighs> Going against the Seahawks, great matchup. Um, they play zone over 90% of the time, uh, unless they switch it up, which I doubt. And Drake London is in the 92nd percentile among wide receivers already this year in yards per route run versus zone at 3.3, according to PFF. So Kyle Pitts, he's been the man beater. Like that's kind of been his thing. When you get man coverage, he's a miss. He's obviously a mismatch piece, but everyone's kind of wondering where's Kyle Pitts. Falcons been seeing a lot of zone, you know, you got to kind of keep eyes on that crazy rushing attack with Mariota and Patterson. So teams aren't going to play a ton of man against the Falcons. And uh, they've been taking advantage of it with Drake London. He looks great and uh, he's producing. So yeah, he's, uh, he's my wide receiver 22 right now. He's 24 consensus. So he's, he's there, but uh, another guy, I just think we might be seeing a monster game uh, sooner or later from him. Oh yeah. Love me some Drake London. Who you low on? Um, well, we're on the same guy, so I'll let you yep. take this one first. Oh, uh, Terry McLaurin, man. I mean, yep. I love me some some scary Terry, but it, this Washington receiving court is just crowded right now because Curtis Samuel's balling out. Carson Wentz just seems to be having some difficulty getting the ball outside. You know, a lot of production to Samuel where Dotson and McLaurin's target rates are are down, but Dotson's been masking it with touchdowns. McLaurin hasn't, but McLaurin's target per route is just 11%. And that's yeah. worrisome because, you know, Dotson is a legit talent and he ran, a, he was on the field every snap last week. He played more snaps than McLaurin uh, in terms of the route and the path plays anyway. And, uh, and then Curtis Samuel is out here getting carries. He's out here getting targets. Uh, Logan Thomas is getting healthier, caught a touchdown last week. Still got Gibson and McKissick. So it's getting a lot more crowded and, McQuarren's target per route is going down, and that's exactly what we don't want to see. Uh, and by the way, Darius Slay, uh, that's that's who he's going uh, up against. So last year in two meetings, he uh, 51 scoreless yards and 71 scoreless yards. Mm. And Slay is the number one graded corner in PFF through two weeks. Yep, ditto. And yeah, just with Samuel and Dotson stepping up, McQuarren's more of a you know high-risk reward high-end wide receiver three, I would say this week. Yeah. Um, just kind of going to be the downfield threat. So he might give some Mike Williams vibes in the meantime um, until and unless somebody gets hurt. Plus, you know, Logan Thomas is only going to get healthier, run more routes going forward. So it's just crowded. Carson Wentz isn't going to be able to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns every game. They're not going to be facing the Lions and Jaguars every game. So, yeah, definitely a scary start for Scary Terry. What do you got for the prop? 
So you're going to like this one. I think I already know where you're going to go. Um, but both of these rookies had breakout weeks. Um, so I want you to pick which rookie wide receiver gets more receiving yards this week. Garrett Wilson, or I, I should have said Drake. I should say yeah. Drake on here, but I'm going to say Chris Olave. Ooh, Olave had a big game last week, right? Yeah. Um, they both broke out in their white, you know, crowded wide receiver room. So I thought that we might have similar projections, but it sounds like you're much, much higher on Wilson and rightfully so. But I think both are, you know, on the wide receiver three radar uh, now, even with, you know, the, the crowded wide receiver rooms. Yes, I'm a yeah, I am lower on Olave. I have Wilson right around four for 50, whereas I have Olave at about three and a half for 48. So a yeah. lot of that is just due to, you know, he's still running routes with Michael Thomas and, yeah. and Jarvis Landry. So I, I just think it's a little bit, it's going to be a little bit tougher for him to get uh, as many targets. Like his target per route rate is 22%, whereas Wilson's is 31%. And I'm also, I believe I'm projecting the Saints for less passes than Flacco because Flacco needs a bunch of passes <laughs> yeah. to get yards. Like his yeah. yards per completion is, yeah. Yeah, I have Flacco throwing like 37 passes and Winston throwing 33. Yeah, sounds yeah. about right. Yeah, so yeah, so that that's kind of the difference. If Like their underlying metrics are both good, but Wilson yep. uh, a little bit stronger. So yeah, I will go with Wilson. All right, let's jump into tight end. What a shit show. <laughs> Yeah, top five. We got um, so I got Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller. I'm putting George Kittle in there at four right now. Um, and then Zach Ertz at number five. Oh, you're just fading Kyle Pitts, it's just over. For, for, well, I would say it's over. He's uh, I think just Drake London's emergence you kind of hinted that is taking away from Pitts a bit. Uh, but I have Pitts right there at uh, six. So I mean, he's right there. Damn, I, I still got him. <laughs> I still got him four. I got Kelsey Andrews, Waller. Uh, Pitts Goddard. I think that's my same top five from last week, but aside from Pitts, it worked out. So yeah, uh, who are you high on? So I have Evan Ingram, Tyler Conklin, and Irv Smith right on that low end tight end one tier. Uh, <laughs> so I have those like 12 through 14. It's disgusting, I know. Uh, but the ECR for them is still outside the top 14. Um, Irv Smith is obviously the most appealing one. You called that last week. Um, he's back. He's back. Um, and his routes run rate jumped up to 60%. I think we can get it up to 70, maybe 80. Um, so he looked good and he dropped that one potential touchdown. I made that joke. Who needs a thumb to catch balls? Apparently Irv Smith, because he could have had an even bigger game, but either way, I think he's the guy to, to target in season long. Cause he has, you know, low end tight end one potential the rest of the season. I like what I saw usage rise out of Irv Smith, but I, I don't know if he looked good. I mean, he wasn't really, he was like not really separating from linebackers. Like it, I, I, I feel like they thought they were going to like catch uh Philly by surprise with like oh. <laughs> unleashing Smith. And he like, I mean, he should have caught this touchdown. So right. that everything would have yeah, been a point. But... Refer, his underlying usage was good. Yeah. He's still an athletic freak uh, in many ways. So that could just be rust. He hasn't played in, you know, two years. I feel like he didn't play in the preseason. So that could be rust. I, I think, like, who else are you going to have in your uh, top 12 right now? Oh, it's just, he's kind of taking advantage of the shit show that is the tight end position. Um, he's just the, a guy that probably has the most upside in this range. Yeah, he's a guy. It's uh, No, it's, it's it makes a lot of sense. And the matchup is great. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. I am high on Tyra Higby. I have him tight end six because, like you said, there's somebody's got to be there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, his consensus tight end nine, you know, I think we were both pretty high on Higby entering the oh, season yeah. just because 
it, with these tight ends, you're really just looking for guys who are going to run routes and are attached to quarterbacks who are going to be successful. And Tyra Higby is that guy, you know, he's uh, attached to Matthew Stafford and he's been running around uh, about 87%, 87% of the dropback. So not really pass blocking at all. He's usually in the routes. They're not re- really leaving guys in a block. And his target per route run rate this year is 24%. And my prior coming into the year was around 18%. So uh, that's kicking up for, for Higby. I have him projected for 4.3 catches for 42 yards and 0.35 touchdowns this oh. week, which it's a lot of t- tight ends in that same range, but that 0.35 touchdowns is higher than pretty much any tight end under him just because uh, the Rams, you know, they're going against the Cardinals. The total's like 51, 52, expect the, expecting a high scoring game for them. Yeah. And uh, I will, you know, I'll mention Dawson Knox as well, just because he's got to come through at some point, right? Like, <laughs> It's like it's like he's been quiet to start the year, but Josh Allen, I mean, he's he's been like the forgotten one. It's like in, in week one and two, you had Diggs. Week one, you had Gabe Davis. Kumaro was, was balling last uh, week two. I just think he's going to get Dawson Knox like two, three touchdowns at some point. And uh, Miami's 20th in DVOA against tight ends. They do have Xavier Howard on the outside. Uh, do like their safeties, but I, I mean, Knox is not like he, he can he can just body up anybody. So uh, I'll mention him just because he was the guy that we all had like consensus in the top, like he was at tight end nine, 10 and he's now he's kind of forgotten. So uh, I'm expecting him to have a big game. Uh, Who are you going? Logan Thomas. Uh, I'm at tight end 18 right now versus ECR is tight end 12, which is surprising, but his routes run rate stayed at 58%, unfortunately. So maybe he's not quite a hundred percent yet. Uh, I'm going to have to see his playing time go up over 70% before I can treat him like a low end tight end one. Similar to what you said with Terry McLaurin, you know, with Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson stepping up, it's it's really tough to come by targets in this offense, at least consistent ones. Uh, so like I said, right now, Logan Thomas is more of a mid-range tight end two than a low end tight end one. Yeah, Logan Thomas, he's not running the like, – he used to run like 90% of the Yeah, like routes. 95% yeah. or something, yeah. <laughs> and now it's kind of more like a two-to-one. You know, he, yeah. he'll, he'll play two and uh, and Bates gets one. Uh, for me, I am low on Pat Fryermuth and, uh, you know, like the player, but we're talking – again, tight ends, you're really just hoping for a touchdown if you're not – if you don't have like a top five guy. And Fryermuth this week is the consensus tight end six, but Pittsburgh, and I like Pittsburgh this week. It's a, it's a Tomlin spot. You know, they're coming off a loss. They're an underdog. Uh, they're going on a road division game, like perfect Pittsburgh spot, but still it's, the, the total is like 38 in this game. It's going to be windy. Uh, you know, everyone's hurt for everybody. Like it is going to be an ugly game, I think. And uh, not really a, a game where like uh, his, touchdown projection is maximized. So like, for example, I have him nearly the same catches and yards as Higby, like four for 40, but uh, 0.29 touchdowns, whereas Higby has 0.35. Mm. So, uh, you know, just not a game where I'm expecting a lot of touchdowns from Mitch Trubisky. Like, <laughs> so tight end prop. You, oh, great. What do you got? We got to go to Kyle Pitts, man. Everyone's oh, kind of wondering. Okay. Everyone's wondering what's going on with Kyle Pitts. Where is he at? I am going to set his receiving yardage prop at 52 and a half. I had 50 and a half in my head. So I'm going to have to go with the under. Um, Yeah. I'm not that down on Kyle Pitts as a player. 
again, it's the ascension of Drake London. Yep. Um, and I think that this is a matchup where Quirrell Patterson could thrive. Um, you know, the Seahawks are very prone, very vulnerable to pass catching backs. So it could be a CPAC game. Uh, man, yeah, I'm not I'm not low on pits going forward, but this week, give me the under. I, I just think Drake London's too good. So he's he's definitely eating into his target share uh, going forward. Yeah, but very good line. Very good line. I have it. Yeah, I have it right around uh, right around 53 in for the average. But I, I kept it there because, you know, I, I feel like he's also kind of due for some regression. He's only averaging nine and a half yards per reception this year. So his yards per catch go up, his targets per route run rate should absolutely go. If it doesn't, somebody should get fired there. So I'm, you know, I'm projecting closer to 22% targets per route run rate. Are you similar to that? Yeah, 21.5. Oh, okay. So we're similar. Maybe I just have less passing yards to go around. Yeah, probably because I am pretty high in Mariota. I have I have him for 217. <laughs> I have him at 217 too. All right. Anyways, uh, see you next week. Yeah. <laughs> and that is going to do it for the week three action network projections podcast presented by FanDuel. Be sure to check out Sean on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. You can find me at Chris Raybon. And you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Be sure to check actionnetwork.com for all of our great fantasy football and uh, betting content for the NFL and also our player projections. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Until next time, let's get this money.